Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Gallant Few, the Rangers podcast, who are proudly sponsored by the insurance practice. The team at the insurance practice specialize in family protection and life insurance. And who better to look after you and your loved ones than fellow Rangers fans? Check out the website at www.theinsurancepractice.co.uk or contact the Gallant View for more information. Hello and welcome to the Gallant Few Rangers podcast. My name's Colin McDuff and joining me today to look ahead to Sunday's game against Aberdeen as well as recap all the going-ons in the world of Rangers. First of all, Scott Carney. How are you doing, Scott? How are you doing, Colin? I'm good, mate. And making his Gallant Few debut, Ali Pearson. Ali, thanks for joining us. No problem, Colin. Good to be here. So, coming off the back of the international break and I'll be honest, lads, I'm still no a massive fan. It's, I, I try to get into Scotland. I really do try. I wish I could get any right, but it, it's just no in me. But it has been a bit more interesting with Rangers having so many players involved. Uh, so we'll we'll not run through every one of them. Just a couple of highlights. Scott, I'll come to you first. Um, I don't know if you've watched the Scotland game or if you've watched much of Scotland, but Ryan Jack's been doing fairly well for him. I think if... Steve Clark was to pick a strongest eleven. He'd be in there every for all the major games, and he was in there for the game against Serbia. It'll be good to see him continue have a run at international football, and as well as play the Euros. Definitely, actually, I'm I'm the same as you, Colin. I'm, I can't get myself into um, international football supporting Scotland. I never really have. Um, even growing up when I was younger, I never really got into Scotland as much. Uh, but I did watch the Serbia game and I did give a, a wee yass when the, the penalty was saved at the end. Um, in terms of Ryan Jack, I think Ryan Jack's kind of making that role that he does. He's kind of his own just now. He's obviously learning so much from Gerard, and he's taking it into the national team. Even with the way he plays with Rangers, I think he's he's kind of making that role his own. Um, when Davis isn't playing, it, it's... Ryan Jack kind of plays I'd say Davis obviously is getting on a bit so Jack's kind of filling that that role uh, just now he's he's one of the first names on my team sheet now for, for Rangers but uh, I'm chuffing him to be able to get to go to the Euros um, so it's only a good thing for us for experience for him uh, so it can only be a, a blessing for Scotland and for Rangers really No I agree with you there mate what, what, I'm, most chuffed, what I'm most chuffed about sorry as who he's keeping out of the team. I know Ryan Jack's a bit more defensive-minded in terms of the Scotland players, but Scott McTominay's getting pushed to centre-back. Guys like Fleck, Armstrong, Kenny McLean, they're, like, they're not getting in the team ahead of them. It tends to be the strongest strongest midfield three for Scotland right now is McGregor, Jack and John McGinn. So it's he's absolutely there in merit. He's not just there because he's a Rangers player. He's there because he's, he does that job so well. 
Ali, we'll come to you for Borna Barisic. So, he's a, this is a bit of a strange one, I think. Um, obviously, I'm, I'm well on the, the Barisic uh, fan club. I, I've been hyping him up big time the last uh, year and been hyping him up when he's been playing for Croatia as well. The last few international breaks, he has been in and out of the team. He's been quite inconsistent. Uh, so I'm not I'm not expecting you to have watched the Croatia international games, but that's again he's kind of dropped out the the first eleven for the Portugal game. Is this a concern? Do you think this will knock his confidence, or is this maybe a a chance for him to get a rock up his ass and pick up his form a bit for Angels? Uh, I'd probably think the latter, to be honest. Um, I, see, I mean, I seen they played the full ninety against Sweden. Um, they get beat, obviously two one in that game, and then again against Portugal the other night. He wasn't playing. He didn't play the full ninety. Um, there was a bit of me that was actually quite happy he didn't play the full ninety because I know he's he's coming back for Sunday fully fit. Borna, he started the season absolutely on fire. Um, I mean that the free kick that he nearly scored against Livingston could have turned that game as well. I have noticed, speaking to Scott recently, in the last kind of few games, you seem to maybe get a crack in 45 minutes out of him and then he seems to die away a wee bit recently. Um, so I don't, like I say, in his international form, I can't say I've seen Croatia, but I don't know if he's maybe slightly inconsistent at the moment with him. But he's still he's still on my, he's still my number one left back for us. Um, although big, big bass is a good, a good one to come in for us at the moment. But... Um, no, I think it's all good with Borna at the moment. I think it's all good. Like you say, it'll probably give a wee rock up his arse, to be honest. So, I just I just add to that with Borna. It, I would agree, sometimes he doesn't seem to be in the game for the full game, but he's still got the, the, the killer cross for us. He still he still has that. There's there's no way we can't we can't play him. The only thing I can put it down to Croatia is maybe he's, he's not got enough defensive practice right now with the way he's playing with us. Um, and that's the only thing, that the way that Croatia might play, the way Rangers might play, maybe doesn't match up. Because he's just constantly bombing forward just now, but I don't think it's a in to worry about with Borna. Um, the guy can win as a game with a cross, so he'll be fine. I I think yeah, uh, I think there might be a wee bit of him uh, that he does really up his game a bit more. I don't think that he necessarily has to up his game too much for Rangers. He's although he's not been quite as outstanding as he was towards the tail end of last season. Um, he, he is still doing doing the job, but I think I can see him, especially in Europe, I think he'll maybe turn turn a few blinding performances in Europe, and I'm not going to be too harsh on him. It must be difficult getting used to playing with outstanding players like the likes of Haji, Davis, Jack, and then drop him down to play with Modric, so it, it can't be helped at times. Yeah, that's true. Aye, that's, <laughs> there's only so much one player can do. Um, Scott, we'll stick with you on the subject, Yanis uh, Haji. He's another one that's dropped out uh, a favour with no quite dropped out a favour. I think that's unfair. He, he was still in the plans for the Romania squad by the looks of it, but he wasn't going to get any guaranteed game time. So he's dropped into Adrian Mutu's under twenty one squad. He's captained them. Are we, this sounds daft. You, you want every player playing at the top level um, internationally, uh, exposing them to the big games and stuff, but. When he's in and out of the Rangers team, he's not going to play every Thursday, Sunday. I find this is still decent game time at a decent level. What's your, what's your take on that? I think it, the way it was reported in the press, obviously the Sun took the great pleasure in it and um, your kind of tabloid, Scottish tabloid papers. I'm going to cut you off there quickly, just say fuck the Sun. Sorry, as you will. 
they were, they were quick to report that it's uh, a lack of confidence and he's struggling with his confidence. He's not got enough play time at Ibrox. Uh, That's just nonsense, really. I think it was put more down to him maybe asking the question of wanting to play with under-21s and not exact, uh, just to guarantee, guarantee himself game time. He's been straight in there. He's captained them. They won 4-1 and guaranteed their qualification into the UEFA Under-21 Championships. I think it's good that Hadji wants to do that. I think it's good that he wants to play football. He's still young. We we, we never expected that him to come in and kind of his first season by storm and blow Scottish football out the water. The water, but there's a, there's a player in there. There's no doubt about it. His, his quality is unreal, and it's it's a great investment for Rangers. I can only see us making a profit on him. Hadji will be. He'll be a player for us in the next kind of two to three seasons, hopefully, um, and we'll we'll get the full potential out of him. I've got every belief in that. Uh, but as with him dropping down to the under twenty ones, it's it's only a good thing. It shows he's keen to play football. I I, I agree with Scott as well on that one, Bahaji. Um I mean, I've been I've been watching Romania, and he's been on the bench a lot of times with the full squad. So to get down to the twenty ones, captain like Scott says, and obviously get the four one one, will give his confidence good because the problem the problem now we've got is a good problem is our midfield and front three is frightening at the moment. And where does he fit in? Um, who, who does he take the place of to come in? So it's probably quite hard for him. And, and we all keep forgetting, like Scott said, is the guy's only 21. He's, he's, still, he's still young. He's still learning the game in Scotland. I mean, up here, he's getting kicked all the time. Um, he might be like a Joe Aribo that's blossomed this year that maybe next season you'll get the best out of him. But like you said, I mean, look at his assist this season. To me, he's, he's a moments player. He might not play well for 75 minutes, but he'll give you 5, five 10, 15 minutes for you'll, you'll play a, a blinder of a ball or whatever. So, um, no, I will stick with Hadji. I think he will come good, but I think he's one of these sort of development players. But we just need to remember he's 21, although we did pay, what was it, two, three million pounds for him. So, yeah. It is so easy to forget that he's only 21 because he, he was playing in the Champions League for the last couple of years. He's, he's been capped by Romania. He's, Impressed, uh, impressed heavily a couple of years ago at the Romanian under twenties. There's been a, a bit of hype about him, and obviously with, with his name as well, there's always going to be that extra hype. So it is easy to forget how young he is. But see, to be fair, I, I think absolute credit to him. It shows a bit of maturity. If you think how many players break through early on, and if they were to kind of get to the the top level national team and then drop down, so many players these days would. Spit the dummy out, but he's recognised that no matter I do need to be playing playing regular football and, and it don't work in my game. So I think um heartening to see a fair Rangers point of view that he's wrote the right attitude, I think. So before we move on with the football, uh, just sticking with the subject of attitude and maturity. Um the time of recording it's first night, it was announced today that George Edmondson and Jordan Jones will serve a seven-game ban from the SPFL. One of those games has already been served, and I think the other six may be suspended. Correct me if I'm wrong. So, I think uh, in the last couple of podcasts, uh, Craig McAdam put it perfectly, a couple of fannies. There's no really any <laughs> any sympathy for, for the majority of Rangers fans. They broke the rules, they put themselves at all, and the players at risk. I think Everybody was happy enough that the club came to uh, and condemned them. Scott, what's your what's your opinion on a seven game ban? Well, it's quite it's quite a lengthy ban. Um, 
It's their own fault. I mean, I, I, I can't, I, I can't really defend either of them. Uh, I, I, I don't see Jordan Jones, in my opinion, is going to exit out the back door. Ibrox, I don't think we'll see him again. I don't even think you'll, you may not even see him in training. It could even be that serious for him. Uh, Edmondson, as I say, I, I said the last time in the last pod I was on, I'm not sure what happens with Edmondson. He is, he is younger. You might get another chance, but there's players nipping at his heels as well. We've got youth players nipping at his heels as well, so I'm really not sure. After the, the Bongoli incident and the Aberdeen players incident, the players were made aware that the, the next people to get caught doing this, they were going to get the book thrown at them. Uh, they've only really got themselves to blame. They, they they nearly put this, the kind of run that we're on and the, the, the progress the, the club are making in the season, they nearly put all that in jeopardy just for... But for getting her hole, it's it's, it's 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 so daft. It's it's stupid wee boy stuff. It's not the kind of players we need representing Rangers. Um, I don't feel that any player should think that they can do what they want or think that they are cliche bigger than the club or whatever because they're not. Uh, and especially they're not even on the, the the kind of first eleven fringes really. So I mean, yeah, it's a lengthy ban, but I think they I think they do deserve it. Ali, I'll just come to you. I've, I've seen a fair bit on the likes of Twitter and stuff saying that it's inconsistent with uh, the Bog and Raleigh incident and the Aberdeen, was it Aberdeen 8 or however many it was, they had, they, they had less, less of a game ban. For me, I think, and I might be a hypocrite here, see if this was maybe Morelos and Ryan Jack, I'd maybe be a bit more, uh, a bit more up in arms so I'll call that out. I might be pot kettle black scenario, but I think a line was drawn underneath the underneath the sand when when Nicola Sturgeon came out and condemned everything. So I think I'm, I agree with Scott. The guys knew that the next well, everyone in Scotland knew that the next players to get caught doing this would have faced a more severe ban. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd, I'd like to say I saw on Twitter the exact same things today. Um... With John Jones and Edmondson, I was really disappointed, especially with the team flying. I mean, they, they could have seriously jeopardised our whole team. Um, I mean, if they'd came back from that without anybody knowing, they could have put the whole thing in bother. Um, so, to me, seven-game ban, it's, you know, that's, it's what they deserve. We can't say anything about it. Um, all I would say is, with going forward, if any other player from any other team does do this going forward, I hope they get hammered as much. I know the Aberdeen and the, the obviously the Celtic one we were talking about, they, they got bans, but a lot of them were suspended, so they didn't really serve them that much. But like Scott was saying, Jordan Jones, I mean, we keep saying he's a daft wee boy, but he's mid-20s, Jordan Jones. I mean, he's, I think he's 26, 27, Jordan Jones. He's not he's not an 18-year-old boy. Um, but I think he's one of these guys that just won't learn. Um, and like Scott was saying, I, think, I don't think we'll see the two of them again. Um, I mean, today... I, Red Catch is hopefully back January training with the team. So there's another centre-back at um, Edmondson's heels as well. So, no, I, I really don't think we'll see the two of them again. No, with, with Jones, um, I said in the last uh, the last time we spoke about it, this isn't his first take at Rangers and there's been this question mark over him for a wee while. Edmondson, um, as much as I'm not going to like, pardon him for this, I'd... I do feel a bit sorry he's younger, maybe a bit more wet behind the ears. And I think with Jones, he's, he's had a fairly lengthy career so far. Edmondson's just at the start, and this should really 
sent his career in and dive, especially at the club. There are four centre backs with even before this, four centre backs with more cred in the bank than than he does. Um the likes of Lewis Mayo and stuff knocking at the door as well. Uh, I could be wrong, but I can't see either of them staying past January. So on to a on to a happier note, lads. Um, Rangers are back on Sunday. We're playing Aberdeen uh, on the Sunday game. So before we actually talk about the football, I thought this was really weird. Um, obviously, we can watch it on RTV as part of the season ticket, but it's on Sky as well. MDLs get a, a wee bit of a chuckle when the Tims were going after nut that their game wasn't on the telly and their home game is. Are you surprised, mate? Are you surprised at all with that? Uh, no. It's, uh, it is a wee bit of a strange one, I suppose, for them to decide not to, to show the, the Celtic game. Uh, but there's only one team in Scotland, lads. It's, it's the same with the Boxing Day game as well. If you, you see, we're, we're at home at Hibs. That's on Sky as well. Sky have taken that one too, so... Aye, it's a bit, bit of a weird move for Sky because surely they know that the majority of Rangers fans are going to pick Clive Tilsley over Andy fucking Walker. So I don't know. Any day of the week. Aye, so I don't know if they thought that one through. I think their viewership will nosedive on Sunday. But so on the actual football, it's as of yet. Uh, you know, it'll be typical. We are recording Thursday night. The press conference will be tomorrow morning. So, before the press conference, there's no fresh injury concerns to what I've heard, but no doubt there'll be an announcement tomorrow and make me look like an absolute mug. But, <laughs> assuming everybody's fit, I find there's going to be, based on recent form and how the teams have been set up, there's a few certain starters, people who went fit, they're guaranteed to start. McGregor, Tavernier, Golson, Barisic, Ryan Kent. The first question, Mark, I'm going to come to you, Scott, for this. Uh, who's your centre-half pairing? Uh, well, who goes in alongside Conor Golton and why? I think it'll be Hollander. I, I don't see it not being Hollander uh, just after they've been figure game. He's gave Balogun the run out last time, so I'm pretty positive it'll be Hollander. Again, I'll probably make to look like a mug as well when he names Balogun. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, uh, Ali, I, I really wanted Hollander to start against Hamilton after Benfica because I think two weeks is a long time to sit on having a howler of a game, especially in such a high-profile game. And I think Hollander will be suited to playing against Aberdeen. They're not, they're not the quickest on the break. And I think Aberdeen will show Rangers a lot of the ball, so we don't really need Balogun stepping out. You you agreeing with us here? Well, yeah, no, I I agree with that. Balogun to me is um, obviously his pace can get him out of jail a lot of time. Like you say, with Aberdeen, they play with Big Cosgrove up front. They don't come to play football, Aberdeen. They play for set pieces. That's what they play for. So he'll be up there as a kind of battering ram for them. So to me, you don't really need the pace at the back. And um, how to, I mean, before that Benfica game, Hollander to me was it was an unsung hero. To be honest, he was outstanding. Um, just because he does the basics, he doesn't really get the credit he deserves. I mean, Goldson comes out, does the Hollywood pass all the time, looks brilliant. Hollander just keeps it simple. Um, but for me, I'd like to see Hollander come in. I saw he played 25 minutes for Sweden the other night there. Um, he came off the bench. 
So um, yeah, I'd like to see him play and then hopefully hopefully get a clean sheet and then he can motor on from there again. So we all get agree in the back five, really. Ali, I'm going to stick with you and put you in the front foot with this one. Your midfield three. I think I've said this in in the past few podcasts. I think there could be any variation of your midfield three, and I'd be happy with. You know, obviously I've got my preference personally. I I still want I still want Arfield in this part of that midfield three, but I get the argument for Davis Jack Kamara or Aribo going back in there. Who who would you be going for if you're put in the hot seat? It's probably the toughest question at the moment because, like you say, and you've got Zungu coming into the team now, who is we cameo a couple of weeks ago when he was pinging balls about for a minute, and you thought oh, he looks a player as well. It's a hard one because a rebo you can play actually in the front three out in the right hand side to accommodate somebody like an Arfield. The, the problem with Arfield is he's. I saw him as a squad player this season on the bench most of the time, but he's he's been he's been undroppable to be honest. Arfield, he's one of our best players. Um, but for me, I would have Ryan Jack sitting there with um, Arfield and probably Kamara with um, Aribo in the in the front three. That's what I, that's what I think he'll play because Aberdeen are obviously physical, so he'll probably try and stick with Jack. Arfield, Kamara for a bit of physicality in the middle of the park. Um, but that that's the front three I think you'll go with and I would probably go with as well. But like you say, you could choose any any combination you want, but I think that's the one you'll go for against Aberdeen. Scott, is there a, an argument that Kamara and Jack are maybe a bit similar and you could be doing with a, a ball-playing centre mid uh, with the likes of Davis? And I know we've only seen a brief cameo of him, but Zingo's, Zingo's got a pass in him. There's an argument that one of them could come in and do a job. I was all ready to have an argument there with, with, with Ali about the, the team sheet, but he, he picked my team. That's exactly the team that I think will get played. Uh, I understand what you're saying. I don't think Zungu yet because it'll get put down as the whole not match fit enough yet, not enough minutes in the legs. With Davis, I think you could play Davis uh I don't think he will. I, I, I do think he'll, he'll stick with Kamara. I, I like Kamara when he's a wee bit more aggressive and on the front foot. And when Jack's there, I think he is a wee bit more likely to do that. And Arfield runs, as Ali was saying. Arfield has been, he, he's been undroppable. And the way he links up on the right-hand side with Tav is, is, is fantastic. Uh, so I think it will be that three. But it's great to have choices. When's the last time we could sit here and discuss who was going to play in the midfield? It's, it's, it's brilliant, so but I, it, we might be wrong. You never know. We don't know what he's going to do. But I've, if I had to put money on it, I would say they would, that would be the midfield three. You're right, it is. Great to have choices. And notice, notice the selection headache we had in February where everybody was shit out of form, so you didn't know who, who you wanted to play. If you could, you'd play all of them, you know, based on form. Scott? For me, Ryan Kent is an absolute certain starter and I think even though he's not been scoring, he's not been prolific, Morelos has been so important to how we've been playing. They two are guaranteed starters for me. Well, they should be. And I know there's a big argument for the likes of Roof and Defoe to come in, especially when we're playing at Ibrox. But who are you having as your front three? Well, that, the way they throw hammers, Aberdeen, I can't see Defoe playing at the back, uh, up front with them them at the back. Uh, I think it will be uh, Kent 
Morelos and Aribo. I think that's the front three that he'll play. And, not, and I think, not in a way that he's shoehorning Aribo into the team, but I think his choices are so... He's got such a choice now that he has to try and play his form players, especially in a game against Aberdeen. And I think I think it will be Aribo, I say, with the link-up that he does with Arfield, he does with Tav on the right-hand side. I think it will be. I don't know if it's probably not a game for Roof. Uh, he might make an appearance. Uh, and I say, I don't think, on form so far with the club anyway, I don't think Hadji's ready to come back straight into the team again yet. So my money would be on Kent Morelos and Aribo. Plus Morelos loves an absolute battle with Aberdeen. Many times have you seen it. He loves, a, he loves a good scrap with them. So I'm buzzing. I can't wait for it now, actually, now that we've started talking about it. I can't wait. Ali, the good thing about having so many options is, like, we've just spoken about it, about it there. We, there's no guarantee that who's do I pick because there's so many decent options. Also, Aberdeen will know how to set up against us. How do, you, how do you think Aberdeen will set up? And that might sound like a very obvious question, but the bits I've seen Aberdeen with the likes of McCrory, McGeoch and Ferguson in midfield, especially when Cosgrove was out injured, they actually tried to play football and they've done it fairly well. They're, they're actually doing no bad this season. They've done really well against Celtic when they got the 2 each door, even though they shot the bed the week after. Ross McCrory's not going to be there. The Aberdeen just revert to type and put 10 men behind the body, I think. Um, well, I read a thing today saying Aberdeen's missing five players this weekend. Obviously, McCrory, like you said, is missing because he's on the loan with us. Um, apparently, they're missing McGinn, McGeek, Johnny Hayes, and um, Watkins. So, uh, I, I, I mean, like you say, I, I saw them against Celtic. They actually did play a bit of football, which I was kind of surprised about. I still think they'll they'll resort to parking two buses at Ibrooks and trying to frustrate us. Um, that's what they do. If they come out and try to play football against us, we'll pick them apart. Um, I just, I, I really just think they'll sit there and play for set pieces. They'll use Cosgrove up front as a, as a focal point. Um, but yeah, they're, they're missing a couple of players. Johnny Hayes has been a, a, a good player for them this year at left back, and obviously McCrory sitting in there with, with Ferguson. Um, the, the two of them have came up through the youth together, so they know each other well. So that kind of unbalances their team. Um, but yeah, I think I, I I just think they'll come to Ibrox as they always do and sit. To be honest, no, I think so too. And this time last year, yeah, well, this time last year, I would have still had a concern and a question mark of Rangers can he break down teams when they just hold the fort and they hold the fort well with this Rangers team when we aren't just relying on Morelos for goals. It's goals are coming from midfield and fullback. Basically, you know, what I mean, uh, it's coming through all areas of the pitch, set pieces as well. I think, I think, I've got my my, my bias both in specs here, but I think if Aberdeen come out and come out and have a goal, we'll pick them apart. But I think Rangers are getting ready and they're well equipped to to break them down. Got to put you on the spot. So I'm predicting. I'm going to predict a, a three 0 Rangers. Scott, give me a scoreline. Well, I was going to say three now. I'll say four now. Ali, what are you going for? I'm going to go two now. Two now. Just on that, my, my dad asked me what the what the my prediction for the score every time Rangers play, and I'll I'll say what I think. Maybe a one 0 five one, depending on what the game is. 
since I've started going to the football, um, when I was like 10 or whatever, he said 2-0 for every game. Yeah, absolute shite bag. But see, anytime it comes in, he's a clockiest bastard in the world. See, tell you, I always get it right. Can I even a broken clock's wrong twice, twice a day, mate? So, moving on to other news. Ali, I'll come to you for this. I know you've seen the kind of bits and bobs of the the women's old firm where the Rangers women went when one 0 down to Celtic, kind of an anti climax after the start of the season we've had. Uh, one previously won three or three league games and one or two league cup games. What's your what's your thoughts on this? The reason the reason I'm asking that saying it's an anti climax, there's been a lot of hype about the Rangers women team this year, a lot of big signings, even signing from Glasgow Glasgow City, signings from Man U. Do you think this is maybe just a one off or do you think we've made a bit too much pressure on them? I'd, I'd like I'd like to think so. Like you say, that they've put a lot of money in the the the, the women's team this year, invested a lot. As have the other side of the city, they've done the same too. Um, like I say, I did watch bits of the game. I wouldn't say I watched the full ninety minutes. I was I was flicking between that and Scotland at the time. Um, the Scotland game was terrible, to be honest. So, um, but no, it was a kind of it was a fifty fifty game, to be honest. In the second half, Rangers had a couple of chances. And there was one shot they had from outside the box where the, the Celtic keeper had a right good save to tip over the box. And then there was another one that they flashed across the box. But to be fair, a draw was probably a fair result in that game. Um, it was a shame the way it happened at the end where they conceded the penalty and, and the girl for, for Celtic, um, Summer Green, I think her name was, <laughs> scored the goal. But five games in, Glasgow City are the main team in that league. They've always been the main team. They got through the... The Champions League I seen the other night there, they beat Celtic in the first game of the season 1-0. So they're, they're the team, obviously, to go for. So, like you say, bringing all these players in, like you could say the our team, the male team, it's going to take time to gel. It doesn't just click straight away. So it's probably just a wee blip, to be honest. Um, like you say, Celtic, Rangers and Glasgow settled with the, the main three this season. So I wouldn't read much into it, to be honest. The interview we had with Demi Vance uh, pre-season, we did get that feeling for, for Demi when she was talking about that, you know, there's a lot of, lot of excitement in and around the training ground, but there's absolutely no like no illusions how much hard work it's going to be to, to knock Glasgow City off the perch. Is that something mentally like the last 13 leagues they've won? It's um, They've dominated Scotland for, for years, Um so I think I I'd like to think yeah, it is just a blip. Um, I I think they they're confident in how they're setting up this year, but by no means uh, cocky or complacent. So here's hoping that they uh, get back to their, their good run of form. Scott, we we spoke the last few weeks about how many players we have out in loan, and it was good to see so many players get a run out in the league cup for their for their teams over the international break. One player in particular who's really Really settling in well, Kai Kennedy on loan to Inverness Cali. By all reports, um, he's he's given them something different. He is he is starting to stand out at that level, which we speak about. If players realistically want to get in the Rangers first team, they need to be standing out and making an impact at that level. It looks as if contact talks are back on with Kai Kennedy's representatives and the club. Is this something you think will be realistically turning into fruition or do you think it's just paper talk? Well, I think maybe sending them 
up north to play his football. It's not an easy place to go. It's not probably an easy place to play football. So it's maybe teaching him what he what he wants out of football and what he expects to achieve in football. <clears throat> Based on what I've heard about his contract talks, there's a lot of paper talk around it about what he was demanding, what the club were demanding, kind of he said, she said stuff. I think if Rangers get him tied down in a contract, it's only a good thing. Of the players that we have out on loan just now, he is the one that looks most promising. He is the one that's consistently getting game time. So it only makes sense for the club to to try and tie him down to a contract. I think he will sign a contract. I, I think he will extend his, his stay at the club. Uh, hopefully everything that he's experiencing, all the, the, the game time that he's getting is only going to help him and never know we could have a future star on our hands but I, I would expect him to sign a new contract with Rangers no doubt about it Ali I'd like to find that maybe he's if he was getting a bit big for his boots that he had been brought back down to earth just as Scott was mentioning there that's it can be a real eye-opener for for young players to go out to the championship or league one even in the championship they're up against part-time players Guys that are working ninety five every day and then coming in, they may not be the most talented, but they'll they definitely know all the tips of tips of the trade and the dark arts of the game. I think uh, it, if he signs a new contract, hopefully if he comes back with a bit of experience at first team level and a bit more humble, I, I'm agreeing with Scott that there could be a, a big player on our hands. Yeah, he seems to be a player that the the rate of Rangers. I've not. I've seen. I saw a bit of him last season, um, and he, he looks. He looks a good. Be player. It's a tricky player. Like you say, he, he needs to go out and learn his football. Going up to Inverness, like Scott was saying, there up in the cold. I mean, you see where the their stadium is. It's, it's right down the waterfront. Um, be an eye opener for him. Probably good for him as well. Um, I just, I it's, it's it's a tough one with the lone players are out at the moment because it's going to be tough to get into this Rangers team. I mean, you look back at. How many, how many youth players have actually got into this Rangers team in the last God knows how many years? It's it's tough to break into now, and especially especially the way we're going. I um, mean, you see, we're bringing in boys like Lewis Hadji, twenty one, bringing him in. You're bringing Aribo in. You're, you're you're bringing these youths from other teams in. So these boys need to step up. Um, the only one I would really say that probably make it is McCrory. No, he's been in and out at Livingston, but he's maybe the next kind of hope for us. There's a Few boys out. Stephen Kelly's at Air United again this season. Will he make it? I really don't know, to be honest. Um, I like the look of the boy Mayo. Um, we saw him against, oh, it was that game we played uh, Wrexham in the Challenge Cup. We went to see that and he looks a big unit, Mayo. He looks like he could come. He looks a man, to be honest. So he, he looked promising, but it's going to be hard for any of them out alone to come into this team. It really is. But um, it would be good to see one of them make the breakthrough, to be honest. Talking to um, Willie Irvin, the sorry Willie Irvin, the guy who runs the the Rangers uh, youth updates, and if anybody's not seen that or seen that page on Twitter, Willie will go to any game he can get to. He's even been gone through lockdown, which is watching it over the fence. But sure, he went to Bratislava to watch an under nineteen game. So committed, and he's uh, it, it, he's got great ties with the club. But I think yeah, now. What's promising to see is Rangers aren't writing off players when they don't make it when they're 17 or 18. There's a development plan based on that individual player. So for the likes of Lewis Mayo, he knows his, he knows what he has to do over the next two or three years to realistically make it into the Rangers team. So I think 
Robbie McCrory's testament to that. It wasn't just one loan and then if you're good enough, you'll go in. If not, you're sold. It, it can be loan after loan until they're either ready or they're not going to quite make it. So I think that's really promising um, in the setup. So I th- also as well, adding to that, <clears throat> it's obviously staying the obvious. We're also desperate for success. We we have, we won, no matter how much we'd like to think, we would love to support the youth players and that. Right now, we wouldn't give them the the chance that they they probably deserve and the time they need to settle in and to develop in, in the first team. Right now, we are we're so we're so desperate for success. It's just not the time. But I think the club have recognised that and recognised right. Okay, yeah. Right now, it might not be the time for you to step up to the first team. And as you're saying, sending the players out on loan again, especially with McCrory, it's your time will come. And I think he's been told that your time will come. But right now, it's not the time. We have to we have to stop Celtic winning the league. That's the end end the end goal that we have to stop Celtic winning the league. So I think in time, these players might start coming through if we achieve the goal that we want to achieve. And I said I think the club have recognised the the need for success before putting kind of putting the youth players first yeah so hopefully that um hopefully based on that the, the chance comes sooner rather rather than later we've got the league wrapped up by march and we which is with under 19s for the rest of the season amen mate amen <laughs> <laughs> so the last bit of news to touch on then it's i don't want to just bypass it as a and uh, this happened as well Edmondson House, the demolition has started in that and we're going to start rebuilding the new Edmondson House alley. I think this is this is high time we get uh, something like this in and around Ibrox. You boys are probably being chips away abroad with partners or your your mates and you always look for the nearest football stadium, didn't you? And you go a tour around it or you try and catch a game. This is um, high time Rangers. One of like you know, the the Rangers are famous worldwide, so it's only right that we have this attraction. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. Edmondson House has been lying there empty for God knows how many years now. Every time me and Scott walk to the game, you walk past it all the time. It's 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 a shame. It's a shame. Like you say, every every football ground you go to around the world these days have the stadium tours. They walk you through. They tell you a story. You end up in the club shop where you spend the money. Um, we don't have that. I mean, we've not had a superstore for God knows how many years either, and it's quite hard to explain to a a kind of visiting fan what's happening. They they don't understand it. So, no, a, a great thing. One hundred and fifty year anniversary coming up in twenty twenty two. But it sounds good. A lot of the stuff they're doing. I mean, it's going to have the museum in it. Um, it's going to have obviously the new retail shops going to go down there as well. It's going to host dinners as well, up to five hundred people. And it's going to be a new um, entertainment complex for gigs as well, similar kind of like the O2. So they know what they're doing. Um, they're aiming at different kind of markets as well, Rangers. But but a team like Rangers, we need to celebrate our history. And um, it means means Scott have done the Founders Trail, which was which was a, a great tour. You go back to the stadium, but just to take in a, a proper proper museum and then end in the club shop, it could only be good for Rangers. But yeah, no, I can't wait for it to open. It'll be absolutely chock-a-block when it opens, I can imagine. But no, it'll be really, really good. Scott, I think that's a, a really good point there that Ali made in terms of what well, we're aiming at different and various markets. Right now, 
if you want to do something before the game, you need to go for a pint or walk through an Ibrox looking at it in the pissing rain. Um, that's, you know, I, personally, I, I stopped drinking before the games during the, the third and second division season because I was paying all this money for a season ticket, getting pissed before it and no remembering uh, anything that happened to that Edmondson Kribali, like I still don't know what he looks like. I can't remember him playing because I was wrecked for most of the, the games. But now there's got to be cafes, there's got to be like family areas, Scott. And it's like, if you think about a 12 year old right now, they've not really experienced the dangers we know. So it's good to get stuff like guess where families can go, groups of guys, groups of women, mixed stages can go. 100%. I, I think, as I say, it's, well, it's long overdue. Uh, and I'm just so glad that the board that we have now have decided to invest in it. The the plans for it look they look they look really good. They look fantastic, very promising. It's a good it's an extra income for the club as well. It's not just constantly relying on the Rangers fans selling out season tickets. As I say, we're going to have a club shop, we're going to have a club museum. I mean, it's 150 years. The history we can paint our museums unbelievable. So it's it's only a good thing, and I would quite happily r- roll up to Ibrooks and pay an extra pound for my pint before I go in and watch a football. If it's going to support the club, I'd be more than happy to do that. And I think there'll be a lot of other people that would be as well. Uh, I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to see the the, the kind of the finish of it all. And yeah, it can only be a positive for the club and for the city, to be honest. Totally agree. And I can't wait. It's, there's this much buzz about it right now. And I just know when when it finally gets opened and it's I, I can just see the, the atmosphere outside the stadium being so vibrant and buzzing before before the game and I can't wait for it. Very lads, best part of the show. Twitter part of the week where we picked the funniest thing we've seen, Rangers or football or anything other related, really if if it fits. Best thing we've seen on the social media. I'm going to kick off. I, I you know, I'll put my hands up. I tend to rip off Kerry Dale Meltdown. I, I give them a shout out every week, but I need to start digging a bit more. But some of the shit they put on is just so fucking funny. I had a right good chuckle at the the article. They were screenshotting uh, for that guy with 19 names, um, the Irish Journal um, film, like fucking idiot, um, where they were just talking about the impending doom and how he, how he paid all the photographers when Rangers went going to trouble in 2012. It was just all the comments for Tim's arguing against this, just like it's a joke to try Hatton. It's just the sheer belief that the sheer belief that um, liquidation 2 is coming or admin 2 is coming. What what I don't get is, right, so on here we're fairly new, fairly small and we're building a wee bit of a following. But we talk about the football. See if I, see if we just came on and spouted shit like Celtic fund Al Qaeda. Will we get more followers? I, I, I doubt that, mate. To be fair, I, I think I think there's just a group of them. There's about a hundred of them, and they just do a circuit of each other's kind of comments and stuff like that. It's they're moon howlers, mate. What do you expect? Aye, yep. They howl at the moon and they drink out of puddles. But no, I've never <laughs> seen that. Go on and check out the screenshots for Kerrydale meltdown. Scott, what's the funniest thing you've seen this week? So the funniest thing I've seen this week, and I encourage every single person to go and watch it, is um, it was actually sent to me by Ali, it's almost tonight, is uh, a Ghana newsreader reading out the English football results. Just listen out for Sheffield United and Wolverhampton Wolverhampton Wanderers. That's 
particular highlights. Just if you've not seen that, go and check it out. You will you'll not regret it. It's hilarious. Oh, I'll be sure to have a look at that. Ali, what's the funniest thing you've seen, mate? Oh, there was a good one on Twitter this week. Um, for everyone out there that watches, I'm a celebrity. <laughs> there was a guy that was in the pit of snakes, and he kept saying something that his happy place was Turf Moor, which obviously <laughs> at Burnley. I don't, I don't know how that's a happy place. So, so they had some reporter down at Turf Moor going down to interview people to see if they're happy down there. And a, a guy in a mobility scooter comes by, so he's he's got a thing saying, "Excuse me, sir." Can you, are you basically you're happy? And he's like, I'm bloody miserable. The pubs are closed. What do you expect? <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. Oh. Oh, I, I seen, on a side note, a few weeks ago, I seen a thread on Twitter. Um, it was like football conspiracies, finds that. Um, find it Arnrio or the, the biggest conspiracies in football and so many people just said Burnley as a conspiracy. Nobody actually watches our games but they always appear in the league table. I've seen that, yeah. <laughs> so, before we go, you've probably seen a few few mini-series coming out from the podcast. The first one, the Tenny Bears, where I guess comes on every week to answer a set 10 questions. But a mixture of you know, football memories, but you know, uh, favourite songs, best Rangers Grow, all that kind of stuff. There's also another mini series which has got quite a lot of excitement about it. The Generation Bears, hosted by the our very own Scott Carney. Scott, talk us through that. So yeah, Generation Bears is a new series. Uh, I come up with posted yourself, and you've you very very kindly let me do the show. So it's when I have a different bear on from a, as many different generations as possible really to, to pick out their hero from their time growing up watching Rangers that kind of cemented their love for the club uh, so say we've had Ronald DeBoer with yourself Colin so far that seems to have went down quite well and next up will be Ali it's almost tonight who's going to discuss Super Ali uh, I've already seen these points that he wants to talk about uh, and I'm very much looking forward to, to recording that one Ali you must be buzzing to talk about Super Ali is that who you were named after? I know you'd think that because the name's Alistair, yeah. <laughs> but um, no, I heard you were one with Ronald De Boer. Made me feel a bit old, to be honest. Ronald De Boer was your <laughs> hero. It's like when Ronald De Boer was, because I was 15 when Ronald De Boer joined Rangers. Um, and he left, I think he was at Rangers three, four years. So I could drink when he was leaving. But um, no, Super Alley was my one growing up. Um, so the five games I've picked were um, uh, good games to talk about, to be honest. Um, you're going back 25 years though for a lot of these games, so it's <laughs> racking the memory. But I do remember them all. So no, I'll, I'll be looking forward to speaking about the, the five games, and I hopefully everyone else enjoys it. You're showing your age there, mate. Talking about going back 25 years. That's, <laughs> why, that's, why, that's why I've got you on second, mate. Because Colin was first, and I was like, "Run on the board." I was like, "I need some deals." And I was like, "I'm To be fair, Scott, like. We work together, and you say to me regularly, I forget what age you are, and because I came out the womb looking like a 40-year-old, I have uh, the most aged face ever. Like, one day I will look my age, I'm slowly but surely getting there. <laughs> so, if if any of the listeners want to get involved and come on, the Tenny Bears or the Generation Bears, we'd, we'd love for anybody to come on. We've all got our, our own memories and our own favourite parts about follow, following the team we love. Please get in touch with, the, with ourselves at The Gallant Few or even my own Twitter page or we're on Facebook and Instagram as well. Get in touch, let us know what if you want to come on or even what you think about the pod. Uh, feel free. 
All that's left to do is thank two guests for joining me. First of all, Shaq and debut from Mr. Ali Pearson. No problem. It was a pleasure to be on. Hopefully be back on again. Yeah. And Scott Carney. It's always a pleasure, mate. Pleasure as always, Colin. Thanks very much for listening. Take care. <laughs>